0: Hello and welcome to Counterculture. I'm Peter Whittle. Now, if you read your average metropolitan columnist at the moment, you will find that the skies are bluer, they're certainly clearer, the air is fresher, and the fish are back in the canals of Venice. And for all we know, the grass is greener too. But there is a serious issue here which we're going to discuss today, and that is how far will this crisis affect the green movement? Will it give it a a new incentive? Would it mean that the future is indeed greener for everybody? Should it be greener? Or indeed, would it be entirely different, particularly given China's position on these particular issues? So today, to talk about that, I have three guests. First of all, Dr. Benny Pizer of the Global Warming Policy Forum, James Dellingpole, who's host of the Dellingpod podcast, and also, of course, Columnist and commentator, and Richard Bingley, who is chief executive of the Global Cyber Academy. So, uh, thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining us. Um, I want to start really, um, I want to start with you, actually, James, if I may. Um, are we going to see more or less of Greta Thunberg, do you think, in the future?
1: Um, it's an interesting question. Let me answer it in, in a different way. I think there are two possible um, outcomes of this coronavirus crisis. One is, and this is the upside, this is what I'm hoping and praying for, is that it will be increasingly apparent that governments do not have any spare cash to spend on green boondoggles the only reason i mean, I mean th- this is something that that warren buffett a point warren buffett made years ago it's known to anyone with a with a functioning brain the only reason that the renewables industry for example can survive is through state subsidy through government intervention unless unless people are compelled to use renewable energy which of course is the darling of the green movement then people will not pay for green energy okay mm-hmm. so Clearly, now that the government's coffers have been supposedly exhausted by spending for this, this, this crisis, you think about all the money that Rishi Sunak has allocated to enable people to to sit in their gardens, improving their suntans, um, there's not going to be really much left for this net zero pro- uh, project. You know, w- we need recovery. And the way to economic recovery is not to dump more um, more taxes and regulations and expensive energy on the economy so that's the happy answer the unhappy answer is you you in a way answered it yourself with your introduction which is that lots of people are looking at looking outside their windows and thinking hey Mm -hmm. the birds seem to be chirping more more cheerily Mm -hmm. um it this, this, this is this is how our our, our post COVID nineteen world will look. It's a greener world, and we need to, to do more. We need to double down. And you see this happening already, actually, to a degree. You see, for example, that Grant Shapps, while well, well, while there are no MPs in in the, the Commons to oppose him, he's he's coming up with all these measures, like all these extra cycle 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 lanes and stuff. You see, it's been happening in Italy as well. Mm. That that that. Uh, Milan, I think, has taken yes, it Milan. on itself to 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 get rid of all of of, of all these uh, roads and, and turn them into bicycle routes. This is this is dangerous, and this is this uh, this I think is slightly the more uh, uh, likely outcome.
2: I fear. Did
0: you, would you agree with that, Benny? Do Do you think that that is the likely outcome?
2: By and large, yes. Um... There is, of course, the issue of people avoiding public transport altogether Mm -hmm. and going back um, to work in cars. So what you've seen, for instance, in China is a 50% increase in car traffic in the big cities, simply because people are afraid of using public transport. (laughs) They're not going on their bikes, I can tell you that. Uh, That age uh, of of cycling in China when they were dead poor is over and they're not going back to bicycles. They want cars, modern cars, the bigger the better. Uh, That's what's going to happen in most countries outside of Europe. Um, The Europeans uh, will go down the green route because that is the dominant ideology today. Um, some things will crash, like renewable energy, some things will work. Um, a lot of things will become greener simply because a people want to live in a cleaner world and b because very often cleaner means also more efficient um, and and very often um, can be done in an economic way that doesn't harm people or, or the economy. But I don't see any significant change in the short term on the green agenda and the green ideology that most parties in Europe have adopted.
0: Uh, Richard, one thing that's become clear when I was looking, before we did this discussion, um, and I was looking at what green activists are saying, and some of them are saying things like, uh, I think it's the, from Extinction Rebellion, for sort of example, uh, one of the co-founders was saying that this has shown how you know, overnight virtually, we can change. So we should take great hope from that. I mean, what do you make of that sort of
3: comment? Um, well, I, you know, I, I work in and around technology and, and more private business than I do government. But I, I, I feel that, um, you know, the mere fact it took us an hour to set this interview up, you know, behind the scenes, you know, we we were sort of testing microphones and, and the, the sound wasn't right. Um, we, we're just not, as a society, geared up to live remotely and virtually as, as yet, you know, it might, might be, different in about 50 years time. So, so I, I just think we will pretty much, uh, if the government let us, set, settle back down to, to, to normal. Uh, I, I tend to agree with, the first, uh, with James and Bernie. Um, look, it's not just about government. The entire thrust of the global economy in many, many places has shifted towards green. You know, whether it's a fake science or not is, is, a, is a different issue. Uh, that, that's where most CSR budgets are being spent by the international banks, the big insurance houses, um, it, it's where particularly younger people's politics sit at. So I I, I do feel that when we sort of uh, move towards shifting out of COVID and, and then looking maybe at the American election, you know, if that's not put back, uh, I don't think it will be. But um, that Joe Biden will raise this as a huge topic. You know, it's a huge dog whistle topic over in America. I, th- I think Macron the same when he comes up for re-election. You know, so, so it will rem- remain a centrepiece um political topic. I, I have to say, in terms terms of the Green Party uh, and, and Greta Thunberg, I, I, I think post-COVID, that they, they're pretty much insignificant in terms of if they ever stood for election or, 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 or tried to do anything significant in politics. I think the power rests with the big tech firms, the power rests in Downing Street, Washington. How do they want to deal with this? How do they want to deal with China's approach to climate? The
0: thing is, though, is that... The One of the things with the Green Movement is that they do rely, don't they, on big protests and being very, very visible, and that's kind of been sort of taken away from them. It's been taken away from everybody, but wouldn't you say? I mean, won't this sort of... I mean, you you mentioned there it's a dog whistle uh, topic. Is it, though? I mean, has environmentalism really broken through? I mean, it's one of the things people sort of feel, isn't it, that they sort of feel they should be support, but actually, is it really a concern? james
1: i think i think it it's a case of the battle between stated preferences versus revealed preferences so if if people are for green action they'll say yes of course we want the planet to be greener and yeah we need more money to be spent on 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 green things but when it comes down to it as as benny said (laughs) they want to travel in their own cars yeah. And, and 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 this is what we're we're seeing every time. They don't want a a wind turbine despoiling their favourite view and chopping up the birds and bats on the on the horizon. They don't like this stuff. If, given the cho given a real choice where nobody's watching them, people will not take the green option. I I thought I I don't normally take issue with with Benny, but I, I thought Benny was was conceding way too much territory to the green movement there by saying that you know. Uh, greenery is going to you know there are ways of helping the economy um well, rather the ways of introducing green things without damaging the economy i think that require that that's a, a fairly narrow definition of green i mean in that sense i'm a green because i like you know, we all want clean air we all want clean rivers and stuff like that but really let's be honest green, green as, it, as it exists in the world today is not about those, those little things. It's not about having clean air and clean rivers. It's about something much more all-encompassing than that. It is about the total transformation of the global economy. Uh, and that, I think, is something very scary. And I think there's going to be this battle between uh, Chinese-style uh, oppressive government uh, intervention to, inf- to enforce this kind of stuff, Versus individual
3: choice
1: no, I, I, I think uh, James is right you know
3: the it's not so much about uh, the actual policies it, it's about the size of government these days now I mean I spend a lot of time driving over through Germany through through Central Europe and the countryside is the landscape is just plastered with turbines you know and I, and I don't for a minute believe that those communities have been consulted I, I, I just feel that this is a big sweeping, central government initiative and in, in, in an odd way you know we are just we're living in uh, a, a revolving door of crises you know it was the green stuff before Covid came along Covid will probably dissipate next year then it will kick back into being green or, or something else and, and but the, the, all along with these things they are simply not controlled by the grassroots anymore you know the, the Covid response has not been grassroots driven it's been entirely top down and one-dimensional and, and and so so that that's why I think this uh I'm not disputing the Greens science. I'm not disputing that, that climate change is more rapidly happening. I, I, I'm, I'm not sceptic in that way. Um, but, but I am a sceptic about governmental powers and the ability of governments to do something about it. And I do think it's incumbent on all of us, if whether we run companies or whether we're citizens, to be more ecological. It's, this, is, this is simply not a top-down thing, but it is, it's becoming an out-of-control, uh, top-down vehicle. Uh, the, the, you know, coming out of the European Union, coming out of the oil and gas companies, that, that, that the rest of us can do nothing about.
2: Well, well I'm. Sorry. Yeah, um, I think that it all depends on two issues at the end of the day. One is um, how severe the economic crisis will be uh, once you know the pandemic is over, and whether there will be a rapid recovery or whether we will continue to stagnate and fall behind, because that's what has been happening in the last few decades. The rest of the world is, of course, catching up. They have much higher economic growth rates than uh, most of the Western world. And that's a trend that could easily continue or even accelerate. So the question is, how severe is the economic crisis? And uh, the deeper the crisis and the, the longer it um, it um, endures the less the Greens, which is after all a, a luxury movement, um, will really have the return to their kind of dominance. The but, other yeah. big issue is, um, because we know that most of the developing world uh, prioritize economic growth uh, over these environmental and particularly the climate issue, um, If they simply continue business as usual, while Europe unilaterally decarbonizes, then the economic discrepancy will even be worse. So these are the kind of two issues where I think the jury is still out uh, how this is going to pan out. But there's a growing realization um, that unilateral policies that burden your own economies more than anyone else will, in the end, um, uh, damage your competitiveness, damage your you know, economy, damage the living standards of, of, of people. And that will decide whether or not the Greens have a big revival or whether they will uh, struggle um, against people who will prioritize recovery and uh, economic growth.
3: Coming Bernie do you, do you feel that the world does act in a, in a rational way now though i mean i mean it for for me it, it doesn't really you know we, the, the the fact is the fact is we have a uh, whether we agree or not we ha- we have a multinational global green industry you know that's probably that's not not green in many ways um the, the whole, the whole, the whole climate change and green agenda has become a sort of a transmogrified global industry. So, not so,
2: outside of the Western world, no one cares outside of Europe. Yeah, but
3: the Western world equates to most GDP on the planet and most decision making that, that has gravitas on the planet. But so so, 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 if if for example, it's simply not true that climate change has been occurring, then this is a fake industry. Do you really think that people will move away from that? I, I think we live now in the world of hyperbole and, and, and super crisis. I'm not sure we can adjust quick enough. That's my concern.
2: No, first of all, this is not about the science of climate change. And, and you know, that, that isn't really the issue. The issue is whether the international community is actually doing something about CO2 emissions. And the reality is that while in most Western countries Um, emissions have basically stabilized over the last 10-20 years. Most emissions now come from the developing world and they don't really care about this issue. So there is not this kind of international agreement that we all have to do something about CO2 emissions. The reality is CO2 emissions are rising mainly because most of the world outside the Western world is, is prioritizing economic growth. They don't care uh, about coal or gas or oil. They want just to develop as fast as they can, raise as many people out of poverty as they can. And that is at the core of the problem. If we had a level playing field, we wouldn't have this uh, international disagreement about, you know, Paris and, and targets and so on. So I think we have to realize that a lot of the green focus is really a western luxury that most of the world's public and most of the world's governments for them it's not even secondary this is uh, on their list of priorities very low their main priority is development growth jobs industries you know civil unrest and so on and And unless this changes, eventually people will say it doesn't make sense to do it unilaterally. Because if you really want to uh, stabilize CO2 emissions, it has to be done globally. And unless there is that global commitment and and in in real terms, that is not going to help by just Europe or other Western countries uh, going it alone. That is at the core of the problem, mm-hmm. and uh, you say, well, the West is dominating the world, and what the West does is kind of dominating the international agenda. This is going to change after, after this crisis, because I guess that the uh, rest of the world, particularly in in Asia, will catch up very fast and they will become more powerful, not just uh, economically, but also politically and geopolitically and uh, militarily. And Europe is shackling itself by policies that are making industries less competitive making energy more costly making life more difficult for families i mean if green energy were you know as cheap as people claim we we wouldn't have a problem
0: isn't this the point james really just to come 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 in on that um you know you have this situation that we've just described but it seems to me that particularly given the, the nature of this particular crisis, i.e. coming from China, that actually it could be you know, even bigger, that the, essentially the, the the deprioritizing of the green agenda could it be even more acute, because we're going to have to somehow compete with this big new power, aren't we? I mean, that's the point, it's, it's far, far more than maybe it would have been maybe 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, well, definitely. The the rise of not just China but the East generally is going to be is going to become an increasing issue. I mean, you look at you look for example at how the Eastern economies, North Korea, Japan, um, Singapore, have generally handled this crisis in a way that enables their economies to get back going earlier. So they've already got their head start. I think we're living through a phony war at the moment. I think that it is. I, I think there was a whole heap of pain coming our way, and I think that um, the green greenery is a form of virtue signalling, and it's 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 a kind of it's the habit of a, a decadent culture, which is which is feeling guilty about having too much affluence, and therefore feels a kind of compulsion to to hobble itself with these green measures as, as a kind of as a as a form of of ritual piety in the same way you might put on a hair shirt or you or, or you know you might go on a, a pilgrimage to um to wherever to to Me- mecca even um it's 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 a it's a way of compensating for your for, for your Affluence and your comfortable lifestyle. This is going to change as the economy uh, starts to collapse. Second thing is, we're already seeing cracks appearing in the dam. I, I'm indebted to to Benny's daily newsletter uh, for this. Lufthansa, Lufthansa, I think is being bailed out by the Sorry. German government. Mm. German government is taking a twenty percent stake in Lufthansa now what's interesting about this is not that they're taking the stake but that they have not the German government has not imposed any kind of green strictures on Lufthansa it hasn't said you've got to cut your carbon emissions by blah 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 which is what some of the other other national governments are saying to their airlines they're trying to impose these these green rules well if Lufthansa is not subject to these rules What incentive is there going to be for the other airlines to obey these rules? There's going to be a real mismatch, isn't there? An economic mismatch. And I think I'm hoping ultimately that money talks bullshit walks. That's going to be, I really hope and pray this is what's going to happen. That despite all this urge for green virtue signaling, money will talk louder.
0: Thing is, James, you know, you talked about it being a kind of uh, virtue signaling thing. Benny called it a a luxury, but it's a pretty embedded one now. This is this is the point. it Seems to me that okay, you've got the Green Party, but in the West, in in this country, you know, their agenda has you know largely been embedded in the main parties. This is the point. Uh, And I think the other point as well, really, is that on one level, it's virtue signaling. But you know, you wrote a book, James, called Watermelons, which was basically about you know being read on the inside. This is how I've always seen this movement, which is essentially that they are socialistic, that they want, they're using this surely as a sort of a, a way in a Trojan horse, really.
1: Yeah, no, uh, th- th- that's, that's a given. It's, it, it's very analogous to, to COVID-19 or whatever you want, you want to call it, that the public has been effectively brainwashed by the government's nudge department, into thinking that coronavirus is much, much deadlier than it is. In fact, it's. I think increasingly it's going to become evident that it's no worse than bad seasonal flu. That we massively overreacted. And yet, if you went out into the into the, the people's living rooms now and asked them this, they'd say, "Oh no, we need we need to be very cautious." It's the same with the green movement, which, by the way, is, uh, with with uh, with climate change. Which which like COVID nineteen is a scare generated by propaganda and computer models. And ultimately there is going to be a wake up moment. There's going to be a wake-up moment with COVID nineteen. There's going to be a wake up moment with with this greenery, because there was no evidence to support all these measures that are being taken by governments to deal with this. And it was it was masked in times of prosperity. People had other things to worry about. Um, now that money is going to be, and the economy is increasingly going to be the focus of people's lives, I think it's going to be much, much harder for green propagandists to do their dirty
0: Do you think, I mean, what will the, the wake-up moment be? When will that be, Richard, do you think? I mean, can, can you, we're talking about a, a coming economic crisis. It almost seems too small a word, actually, for what I'm worried about. I mean, what is your view of what it will be like?
3: I, I can't really see that there'll be a, a trigger point because, I, I mean, the, the hold of, um, sort of the, the, the carbon reduction argument was around the world heating up by three degrees, you know, over the next 50 years, and this would create sort of large amounts of, of drought areas. And, and, and particularly, uh, you know, Australia or Latin American co- countries worried about El Nino were, were adjusting their economies anyway. I, I was on a call to people in Iraq last week, and they are massively moving away from an oil economy post sort of COVID and and thinking and talking about uh, the the type of things that that Benny is. Um, I I, I don't think there'll be a trigger moment like there is with COVID or like, uh, you know, some uh, apocalyptic thing like 9-11, you know, international terrorism. Uh, I I, I think we've, uh, whatever your view is on green, we've kind of buried it and put it in the, the long grass. Uh, And and that things like COVID, things like terrorism will will, will usurp it as an an issue for for the mainstream. Uh, And then probably, you know, you get to sort of 30 or 40 years time where uh, the world may be livable, it may not be. I I, I mean, uh, for for example, some countries, Pakistan, United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, uh, have have adjusted for many years uh, to, to, to to living in barren, you know it's sandy landscapes they, they, they've you know sort of drilled for oil they, they're some of the world's most major exporters uh, I, I'm, I'm not really feeling that um, we should worry too much about climate change in itself uh, I'm worried about the political approaches and the economic approaches mm-hmm. but but I, I, I cannot in any way shape or form foresee a, a a trigger point on this debate which means it will never get the mainstream political leverage that something like COVID does. No, I
2: agree. Um, it is very unlikely that there will be some kind of crash or trigger point where people begin to, um, you know, reassess or, or, or correct their views. Not least, politicians will will never do that. However, there will be certain aspects, certain segments of the agenda, and the most like, in my view, the most likely. Point where the public and also policymakers may reconsider is the cost of the energy and electricity system to the economy. Um, so just to give you an example if you want to reduce CO2 emissions there are obviously different approaches and different technologies and uh, there's a you know a big debate about the cost of renewables and the inefficiency and the instability it, it, it creates compared to, let's say, nuclear energy or nuclear together with uh, natural gas. And these will be debates that will, I think, increasingly become relevant. It's not so much that you question the whole green agenda as such, but the debate will hopefully shift to what makes economic sense, because up until now, the economic question has never really been fully addressed. It's all about, as James said, the alarm. We have to do something. It doesn't matter how much it costs. We have to save the planet. We only have 10 years. So we have to throw the sink at this. And um, as, uh, you know, as time progresses, we are beginning to realize some of the things that uh, have been introduced are counter productive, are damaging, have all sorts of unintended consequences, whether it's wind farms, whether it's biomass, you know, burning whole forests and then shipping them to Britain to burn in power plants, uh, the impact on the environment of these renewable projects. So there are certain segments uh, that will become increasingly contentious, but uh, the main focus in coming years will perhaps shift back to a real assessment of how much does it cost, does it make sense, and what are the kind of options we have if we want to you know, clean up the environment. Because everyone wants to have a clean environment, but it has to make sense and it has to make practical sense and it has to make economic sense that debate has been stifled by the activists and the alarmists and and i think that's the debate that we need urgently in in coming years
0: i think people were actually very impatient weren't they with extinction rebellion i mean when they had the protests quite recently you know on on the bridges in london and everything people the patience wore thin although have to say it still it was actually people were remarkably tolerant actually uh uh, despite that um I mean that sort of is, James quite a sort of optimistic outlook that uh, Benny said there but that, that basically you know the, the, the pendulum will swift that we'll have to basically be much more real worldish about this do you don't th- do you think that's going to happen which